back with another little special uh, BWR podcast show. We uh, called Jim Miller, voice of BWR, who's just on the recent podcast, because he is currently in Kansas at Unbound Gravel, formerly known as DK Dirty Kansas. So he's there. We kind of give him a ring, just kind of see what's going on, get the vibe. He's been talking to a lot of riders, sponsors, and just kind of people there. And obviously, like, Unbound's going to be big this weekend. And, you know, it's kind of the first big event to be back post uh all these event cancellations. So let's just jump right into it, see what Jim has to say, get some predictions going, and uh, hopefully we have a good weekend of racing coming up. Enjoy. All right, we got uh, we got Jim Miller. He's back on the pod. Obviously a regular. He's the voice of BWR, but this time he's in Kansas at Unbound. So we want to get a little recap. And kind of get a little lay of the land of what's going on out there. So, Jim, fill us in. You're, you're there. You've been there. What's, what are we looking like? John, thanks. It's, um, man, to say that there is some pent-up um, energy and excitement about being out at, at big events again, man. You need look no further than here. The world of cycling, all eyes are upon us here in Kansas. And it is just a buzz of activity and energy. Um, all the top brands are here. All the top pros are here. And the city is just coming alive with excitement. The, um, the juniors, the 25 and the 50 mile race have pretty much all wrapped up. They're just about to send the 350 mile race out and they'll race all through the night and into tomorrow. And then of course, tomorrow, the 200 and the 100 mile race go off. Um, there is to say this, the fields on the men's and women's side are loaded is a understatement. Um, they are absolutely stacked. And every time you look around, you see another, a uh, retired European pro or domestic pro or, or even current pro go riding by you. Um, and I think that it's going to be probably the fastest race that's ever done breaking last uh, 2019's record. Um, but also too, I think there's going to be just a, um, an intense competition because everybody looks to this event, if not this sport in general, this genre of the sport as where everything is going right now. So I think that bodes well for events like BWR and the other events that are coming along behind it, because this is where the focus is. The, the two words that keep coming up, John, are inclusion and fun. Um, we can do an event like this and line right up next to Lawrence Tendam, Ted King. They're just walking around the venue like normal people, just like you and me. They're not behind the team bus roped off area. They're approachable. They're nice. They're having fun. And that's really what gravel cycling is all about. So real quick, have you been there before? No, I haven't. Uh, first time in Kansas to begin with. So um, I'll say this, this, t- this town, this tiny little town in, in the middle of America is, is couldn't be more gracious and more generous in terms of opening their doors. Every business is excited to see you and happy to have you. Uh, we've tested a couple of the pubs in town. I can tell you firsthand, they're all excellent. Um, and um, just like I said, the vibe is high and, and everybody's feeling really, really good about it. So speaking on that, since obviously you're new there, but I mean, I I know you've talked to a lot of people there that have been there as, have you got a, a response or is anyone talking about maybe how it's, how it's different? Like, obviously like let's exclude COVID and people are just excited to be back, but like, has the, the event changed or taken up a notch? Cause obviously you have, you know, lifetimes running it now. You Mm -hmm. obviously have all these pros, like it's kind of like the, it's just getting bigger and bigger. Like, is anyone saying like how, how it's changed at all? Or is it still like the same cool fun? vibe i think i think 
to your point, John, I think it is that same cool, fun vibe, you know, X, you know, X10. Um, the cool thing about this event is it has to stay the size it is. It can't really get much bigger because of the towns that they go through where they have the designated checkpoints can only handle so many cars uh, in terms of these support crews. So they can't have more people out there on the road, which would then mean more people in the support crews in the towns that they're in. So I think that is going to, if anything, is going to be able to keep this event really, ex not exclusive is the wrong word, but it's going to be a lottery system. Um, and there's going to be people that want to get into this ride and they're just not going to be able to just because of the nature of the fact that we're in Emporia, Kansas and the surrounding communities here. Yeah, that's a good point. I kind of forgot about that. They are kind of at like a, a level as far as they can't get any bigger just from the town capacity. Um, so you, I've seen you're super busy out there. You're chatting with all these different people. You know, who, who have you talked to so far? Kind of like what, what, uh, what kind of responses are you getting from everyone there? Um, the response has been great. I've been here with the guys at Pure, uh, Pure Gravel. We're doing the pre-ride show, which you can see on their YouTube channel. And we've had the chance to sit down with, at this point, over 25 different athletes or uh, individuals from the brands and talk to them about it. Um, everybody from Lawrence Tendam to Ted King to Allison Tetrick to Jess Sarah and every, virtually everybody in between. Um, they are all just giddy to just to get back to racing. I think everybody is so primed right now to test their fitness because we've been living in this, you know, this COVID bubble and this we're checking everybody on Strava to kind of gauge how everybody's doing. And I think everybody's really keen to finally pin the number on the bike and just let it rip and see how fit everybody truly is. How, um, how is Lawrence and Dam? Obviously he's kind of like, you know, we, we, we kind of know our, you know, like Stetna, Ted King, like kind of like the American pros that have kind of come to the gravel scene. Um, how is it like with Lawrence Tendam? Like he's kind of like the first, unless, you know, I'm just drawing a mind, like kind of first real Euro that's kind of coming over here post world tour and like kind of jumping into this. Yeah. Um, couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been more excited to be here. He won the uh, gravel locos event a couple of weeks ago and uh he obviously knows that this this one and he's going to be a bwr too he knows those are the two big ones on the calendar um he's fired up to be here and i you have to put him in as one of the early favorites um he's fit he's looking rested you know um i think he got a good test a couple of weeks ago and certainly he can handle the distance um gravel is no stranger to him and he's going to be able to, I think, be a really um, high level addition to make this this race really hard. Um, the other guy that we got a chance to talk to, he was happened to just go riding by us and we saw the movie star jersey was Matteo Jorgensen. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dude is fresh off the Giro, jumped on a plane Sunday night, uh, made it over to the States and made his way here to Kansas. And he's going to toe the line. Um, Saturday, um, Eddie Anderson, second place two years ago at BWR. He's here. He's a member of the, of course, the Albison Phoenix team, and he is keen on a good result. Um, and then you've got your stalwarts of the American gravel scene on the men's side. Anyway, uh, Pete Stetna, uh, he's keen on, um, that guy is tuned in right now. I tell you what, he is, he is intense and focused and, um, he is, he is not going to settle, I think for anything else than leaving everything he's got out there on the gravel roads of Kansas. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm pretty excited. Like, obviously I saw a late entry was, a uh, was, uh, Carpenter, Robin, I'm putting, I'm holding out for him, you know. I love that guy, former teammate and friend. He, but I really hope he uh, he does what he does best and just like goes off he, the front and 
kind of does. He's definitely, awesome. he's definitely <laughs> one of the, one of the names that pops up as a, um, Ooh, we just saw him. Cool. Another major contender. Another one people are saying is flying too. We got a chance to talk with him is Quinn Simmons. Um, everybody's oh, right. saying yeah. that Quinn has been logging some major miles and very hard miles at that. So I think we can look for him to really try and put a, put a mark on this race. What, uh, what about the female side we got over there? Stacked and loaded. Uh, your returning champion Amity is is poised and ready in her own um, in her own uh, quiet manner. Uh, you know she seems a little a little nervous, perhaps, um, but no doubt she's super fit. Um, uh, Isabel King, who I think is is a not at all a long shot, in spite the, of the lack of her racing experience. Um, she's certainly got the chops and can go the distance and loves to loves hard, challenging rides. So I think we can uh, look to her to put a, a have an impact on the race. Um, you've got uh, Jess Sarah here, who you and I both know is is as strong of a cyclist as there is anywhere in the country. And in spite of all her other business interests and her other activities, I, I think she's poised to have a, a really super strong race as well. That's awesome. Is uh, what are we looking at like weather wise? Is it gonna be typical Kansas warm showers? Like I remember they had a gnarly thunderstorm one year, and they had to like hold us thirty minutes in the morning, and turned out to be hot and humid all day. Um, it, no rain predicted, but definitely hot and humid. It, actually, uh, the humidity I wouldn't say is is that is that pronounced today and uh, tomorrow. It's it's just warm. It's probably in the mid eighties. Um, and predicted to be that way tomorrow. So definitely the heat will be a factor. There was a lot of discussion with, with hearing people talk about their strategy in terms of, um, because as you know, John, the, this event is unique. There's no support out on the course. You have to be self-sustained. You can only get support in designated areas along the course. Um, and people were talking about what that's going to mean in terms of Camelback plus bottles. Can we just get by on bottles between you know the 75 miles or so that it takes? So um, that's definitely going to going to take its toll on the athletes. It's just it's plenty warm for sure. Have you uh, heard from any of the top athletes as far as like have they kind of divulged any of like their strategy or their plans or are they keeping everything kind of close to the chest on this or? Yeah, great question. I've been trying to pry that out of as many as I can, and and everybody's pretty close to the chest. And I think that speaks to the, what I mentioned before about this concept of people are here to race, and they they, they want to just give it a shot and and go as hard as they can to win this thing because we haven't had a chance to race in almost 15 months. You know, we had three good events a couple of weeks ago that kind of cracked the seal on the season, but everybody was looking to this event as, you know, the first real true test. It's, it's a little NASCAR-esque in the sense that we're starting the season with the big one of the biggest events out there, you know. Um, we're, we're kicking off, if you will, with the Super Bowl and, um, you know, all eyes are on all these athletes that are here and their brands are watching them and all these brands are trying to take a shot at uh, getting as much exposure as they can with their athletes new bikes are being dropped you know <laughs> it seems like every 15 minutes out here everybody's got launching a new bike and or new products so um it's definitely a sea of activity when it comes to people just getting ready to get back to racing but no it's it's there everybody's primed for this one brother yeah, I'm curious how uh, if there will be any tactics because obviously what last year didn't happen. 19 Strickland kind of just went solo and everyone kind of just came in singles or doubles. And if there was any teammate stuff or whatever, I mean, I mean, I remember when I did it in 17, I think 
I got seventh and I only got seventh because there were seven of us and then I fell off and I rode in seventh by myself. And then like right. the person that got eight fell off and he rode in by himself. So it's just, you know, it's an attrition factor each of that last 50 miles. And um, yeah, if anyone can throw an attack down down there, you know, cruise around, they're obviously on a good one, but super curious how that's going to end up. Yeah. The big discussion seems to be, and you may have seen this in some of the articles that were posted on Vela News, Colin Strickland, Strickland wrote a very well written position paper on um, just this concept of don't roadie my gravel world, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was an, an incident at the, at the um, gravel low coast race where at the last aid station, when the group had essentially said, Hey, we're all going to stop for water. Um, one guy rode off the front because he had a camelback and he still had two liters of water. And his point at the end of the race was, Hey, I made an equipment choice that you guys didn't make. So I'm just taking advantage of my equipment choice. Um, what that has kind of morphed into is this broader discussion of, you know, what happens in these situations? How do we treat this? How do we deal with this? Is it going to become more team tactics and things like that? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, situation kind of furthers itself and, and that discussion continues on because um, it's certainly a point of contention right now. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to watch how it all plays out. Yeah, that, that's actually a good point because that, there's like, you can see both sides of that. Um, and it kind of goes into the, my next question I had for you as far as, you know, people that are using aero bars now. Um, I personally don't think that should be in gravel, but also gravel. There's not really any rules to it. So kind of do whatever you want. So, it, right. yeah, it's kind of funny. Like you could be the guy with a camelback with no aero bars. And I'm just saying hypothetical, like what if you don't stop in the feed station, but everyone gets mad at you because you didn't stop. And then it's like, well, what if the dude next to you has aero bars and you don't, and he rides away because he's more aero. And it's like, well, is that fair? Like, it's so weird. Obviously there's no right or wrong answer to any of this, but it's definitely a talking point that hopefully we can steer clear of because we don't want to, yeah. Like, you know, he said, make the gravel scene like roadie, you know, you don't want to be the guy attacking in a feed zone, like on the road or, Dumping people well, off. A great case in point because Lawrence yeah. Tendam was what Lawrence Tendam was involved in that um, in that situation I was referencing, and and he made a quote, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically we didn't like that, you know. So they went and chased that guy down, and then dropped him because they were so intent on making sure we adhere to these these unwritten rules. Now that said, um, there are people that are, that are opting for, and I was corrected on this. They're comfort bars. They're not arrow bars. <laughs> so uh, those are arrow other... bars. They can like try to spin it anyway. That's called terrible marketing. Those are arrow bars with a fancy word attached to like try to make yourself feel better. <laughs> I know. And I don't disagree. I will call anyone just... out for that all day long. <laughs> I thought it was a unique distinction. Call it what you want. But then I had a chat with Jeremiah Bishop and he's like, no way, man. No way. No arrow bars. No comfort bars. I'm going old school. I'm staying on the straight rig and I'm just going to ride this thing across the gravel. So, and to your point a second ago, John, that's the beauty of gravel is we, we haven't really, we don't, we haven't really got a lot of edges to it yet and i hope it stays like that i hope we're able to still exist in this world of dude race what you want to race and you know if you're going to race through a feed zone just let us know that way we we can make a decision then if you're going to try and pull a sly one on us well then you know you're you're at risk of us chasing you down and and dropping you like happened a couple weeks ago but i think that's beauty every as we know there's there's no race like the bwr there's no race like unbound every every race is a little different it has its own rules and it has its own setup and and i honestly i think that's one of the beauties of this sport is the lack of homogenization that exists between every single event. 
No, yeah, and as long as everyone's cool at the end and they can have a beer, that's like the goal of this. Like, that's been another theme around here too. As people are looking forward to, it. I'm going to get down with the race just so I can hang out with everybody and, and have some beers and, and relax because I think we've missed that community spirit that comes with uh, being in a big event like this. The two words that keep coming up all the time are inclusion and fun. You know, and that's I think really what this 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 um, these type of events provide folks is the ability to hang out with people that you like and do fun stuff. But I'm also able to do the same distance on the same course that World Tour pros are doing. That's that's really really cool. No, I mean it's so amazing. It's it's awesome. Uh, I will say a piece of advice to anyone listening: don't go too hard at the end because I remember I went too hard. I couldn't even have a margarita. I was like throwing up everywhere, and they wanted to put an IV <laughs> on me. I'm like, this is supposed to be fun, and I'm like. <laughs> there on the side <laughs> yep yep and you're seeing the beauty of it too john you're seeing you're seeing all types of folks here every walk of life all different races colors all different bikes from these big monster fat tire bikes to you know uh, flat bars to everything in between it's 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 really just a, a great collection of people that are just here to celebrate the sport what uh is there anything I, you said like new bikes have been released and new stuff like this is there anything that kind of stood out to you that really caught your eye whether it was like someone showing up or like maybe a brand doing some type of cool activation or a new bike that like just kind of maybe something that caught you off guard um the canyons here in a big way uh they, they dropped their new bike a couple weeks ago but that's getting a lot of run just today specialized dropped a new diverge that is in the retro rock hopper color scheme that boy, if you rode bikes back in that era, that'll just, it'll fire up the memory banks right away. And you're just, you're drooling over it. Cause like, that's the bike I wanted to have when I was a little kid, you know, um, allied just dropped their new bike today, which is positioned as both gravel and road, depending how you uh, change the inserts on the dropout. So I think that'll be interesting. That's got a little bit of, of a buzz in the area. Um, there's a few brand new wheel brands that I've seen in the expo that I'd never particularly heard of before. So it uh, looks like that market's starting to expand. But as you and I know, um, the bigger problem right now is some of just the component parts to get to build these bikes. Um, there's a couple brands here that are showing up that, you know, in spite of them being a quality high name brand in the industry, they don't got any product to sell until later on in the year. And they're, they're as frustrated as they can be about it because we're in the middle of a, as big of a boom in the cycling industry as we've seen in decades. And some of these brands just don't have anything to sell. And it's really unfortunate because they're not able to take advantage of all the, the froth in the market and the excitement to, to, for people to get new gear. Yeah, that's like the crazy like underlying like elephant in the room right now. The cycling thing is like there's this huge boom at first, but now it's like no one can get anything in stock which is yeah. terrible because of the demand yeah um, so hopefully it levels out soon but um okay before we wrap this up let's hear i want to hear some predictions i want to hear Ooh. what you're thinking i want to put you on the spot who's going to take home the men's title and who's going to take home the women's title ah uh, um i wish god i wish i had it we were talking about this with our with the pure gravel crew and then everybody's making bets I, I just can't look past Lawrence Tendam and mm -hmm. Colin Strickland. Um, those are probably my two favorites on the men's side. Colin, obviously, with the win two years ago in very dramatic fashion, rode 95 miles on a solo breakaway. Um, and you look at Lawrence Tendam, who is 19 years on the world tour, arguably one of the hardest of the hard men, um, and can handle the heat, the cold, the tough terrain. Um, and I think he's got just the right attitude of being loose and fun, but still able to rip your legs off. So I think those two are probably my favorites on the, um, on the men's side and on the, on the women's side. Um, I, I just can't overlook Amity. She's got, um, such a powerhouse engine 
vision of endurance um, that she's that she demonstrated, you know, two years ago that led her to the victory. And um, I, you, I just don't think you can overlook that experience or that engine that she has. Um, and then I don't know. I, I mentioned her before, but I, I, I I'm going to give the dark horse pick to uh, actually. There's two. There's two. Uh, Whitney Allison, I think, is there. She's showing some really good form. She won the Kotu race um, a couple weeks ago, and um, Isabel King. I'm a Izzy's just. She's just so much fun to be around. Just a just a ball of energy. And in spite of the, her lack of her racing experience, because of where she trains, which is essentially a race every day up there in the South Bay, West LA. Uh, part of Southern California. I think she's got a lot of, I think she's got all the necessary um, skills and talent and endurance to be a, a real contender. All right. Well, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good little top three podium around there for uh, both your picks. I'm going to, I'll keep it simple. I'm going to go with Carpenter for the men's and nice. uh, OG gravel girl Tetrick for the women's. She all always right. pulls something out. Right. I got I to keep it different from you. Um, all right. All right, cool. What uh, what's your plan for tomorrow before we get off this call? What, what's your day looking like? Because I know you're not going to do 206 miles. No, sir. Um, we are jumping. <laughs> we're going to be yeah. We're going to jump in. The, we're going to be at the line to watch the start go off at 6 a.m. And then we're jumping in the truck, and we are going to kind of leapfrog the race to be able to provide additional coverage for pure gravel. So you can check all that out on their Instagram stories page. I think is where we're going to dump that. We unfortunately can only cover one of the races so it'll be the men's race not sure not giving the women short shrift here but we're a we're a tiny crew and uh, we've got the only the ability to cover one element of the race but we're going to leapfrog the race and and be able to provide updates uh to everybody throughout and uh, the the race develops and be there at the finish Um, but anybody that wants to you can check out all the interviews that we've been posting on the pure gravel youtube channel perfect yeah we'll send people over there um all right well hey i'm gonna let you get back to it because we got a lot more work to do you got an early morning tomorrow so appreciate you jumping on here real quick get a little preview going that we're gonna throw out on the bwr channels and uh i mean we might have to do this again in a couple days get your recap on how it all went i'm here for you man anytime i appreciate it all right jim tell everyone hi out there and uh hopefully you can do a beer handoff for me tomorrow someone in the race when they need it all right i'll, I'll do my best brother i appreciate <laughs> you thank you all right talk to you jim all right bye-bye